What is going on, everybody? It's me, your host, Nicholas Willard, and this is Almost Canon. Now, if you have had an encounter with the unknown, or something strange or unusual, then please send us an email at almostcanonpod at gmail.com. You can also hit us up via... Our Facebook page, which is Almost Canon Podcast, and on Instagram at Almost Canon Pod. Either way, I don't care how you do it, just do it. We want to hear your story. And don't forget to rate and review the show. This helps us take the algorithm by the horns and helps us get our name out there. So we would appreciate any sort of rating and reviewing you might want to do. Now, let's just get into tonight's show, right? Enough with the ratings and reviews and emails and all that boring stuff. Now, we know there are places on this earth where the veil is thinner, where the connections between this realm and the next are blurred. Now, we've talked about locations like the Bennington Triangle, um... Places where something powerful is acting eternally upon the land, causing that veil to be weakened. But what about places where an external force is used to break through that barrier? Places where something unnatural, like a curse or a ritual, has been used? Places like Castle Huska in the Czech Republic where it's believed that a sorcerer from the Middle Ages used dark magic in occult rituals to rip open a portal to hell at the bottom of a mysterious pit, which the castle was then built around. Another location would be the Cave of Sybil, a magical cave described over 2,000 years ago in the Aeneid, which is, you know, an epic poem that tells the legendary story of Aeneas, who was, you know, a Trojan who fled the fall of Troy and traveled to Italy. But in the poem, the cave of Sybil is described as containing 100 entrances and 100 exits, as well as the oracle Sybil, who knew her way around each one. And, and these weren't just regular doors. Um, as we know, one of them was actually the gateway to hell. Now, another, you know, strange location uh, that I could think of off the top of my head would be Hellum, Pennsylvania. Now, this is one of these locations that the veil uh, has been thinned by outside forces. And it's said that there exists seven gates along an old road that only appear at night. Now, when someone traverses these gates in order of one through seven, it's said that they are unlocking, you know, seven different gates of hell, each gate consisting of their own realm. So, due to the nature of these places, it should be no surprise that they have gained an incredible amount of notoriety and have often become the focal point 
you know, for folklore and urban legends. One legend that is seen time after time after time is the existence of a gateway to hell. Now, the location of today's story sits in one of those places. So, located in idyllic upstate New York, just east of the city of Troy, <laughs> and, and I'm not talking about the ancient city here, uh, and not far from the Hudson River is an anomaly known locally as Pinewood Cemetery. However, Pinewood is only a local name due to its entrance being located at 387 Pinewood Ave. Its true name is Forest Park Cemetery, and it has become more of a myth than a functioning cemetery. So construction began in 1897. However, the land put aside to build the cemetery had already been in use for burials since the mid-1800s. And the money used to construct this park-like facade ran out long before it was finished, and even before the last recorded burial in 2005, strange and unusual occurrences were being reported within the vaulted walls of Pinewood. From an armless and headless statue that bleeds from the neck, a mysterious mausoleum where the dead rise, and countless hauntings, it's no wonder Pinewood Cemetery has garnered the reputation as being a gateway to hell. Tonight, we will hear from Chad, who back in the 1990s had an incredibly strange encounter with something that called Pinewood home, and Chad would only find his way out of the pines by the skin of his teeth. So sit back, relax, and enjoy tonight's episode. All right. So we have Chad with us tonight. And... And and he had reached out to me with a story from Troy, New York, which isn't isn't far from Bennington. Uh, you were at a cemetery. What was the name of that cemetery? So it goes by a couple different names. Uh, the name it's really well known for is Pinewood. That's kind of the folklore in the area. But it's it's Forest Park Cemetery is actually its real name. And then, as I mentioned before, there's a couple anonymous. I mean, it's just like the 13th or 11th gate of hell in the, the folklore as well. All right. We well, can just call it Pinewood Cemetery. That's uh, what most people know it as from that area. Yeah. All right. So you were at, at Pinewood Cemetery in, in Troy, uh, New York, up, upstate New York, just to clarify. Um, I feel like whenever people, you know, whenever you're talking about New York, people always think of, of New York City. They tend to forget that New York is an incredibly large state. So this would be upstate New York, Pinewood Cemetery. And you had something strange happen to you there. So to start the story off, I can't start it off without giving some background on how this all, we, a group of us ended up being there in the first place. So we're in the the draws of hanging out with friends and whatnot and we're around well i say about the age of 15 or 16 and you know there's a lot of this rumor mill going around about this cemetery having a lot of weird stuff going on there mm. so you know interestingly enough it ended up being this thing where i talked to my sister 
my sister had said, oh, yeah, it's like a lot of crazy, weird things go on in there. And she had mentioned a couple stories that definitely, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say stood the hair up on the back of my neck, but intrigued me. So in the party scene back in, we'll say, I think, uh, you know, first uh, one of the I think it was in eighth grade. Um, you know, people had this this whole ritual that they would go to this cemetery on Halloween to hang out there, party by these quote unquote anomalies in these sites. So I said, you know, some for for you know just be just for the sake of doing it, myself and a couple friends, two of us, total three of us all together, decided to figure out a way to get out there. And uh, you know, at that time, none of us had license, so that was like it was kind of like a hitchhike and try to get there ride. So we got there. And it was about I'd say around give or take around ten o'clock at night. Now, when you're looking into this cemetery, it's eerie. I mean, it has these monsters' gates in the front. Um, the place is overgrown with this pine, hence the name Pinewood Cemetery. And, you know, you're a kid and you're looking at this place and you're like, all right, well, it's a little scary. But, you know, I mean, I'm not too much of a person that, that, that gets fear mongered easily, especially then. So, you know, we said we decided to traverse our way into this. And this is place now for the record. This place is a a prohibited place for people to go. It is not um, we'll say it's uh, you get a hefty fine if you get caught in there back then they allowed it kind of, but now forget about it. If you're caught in there after hours or not, you don't have family buried in that cemetery that could come back and bite you. So there is some legal legality concerns there. So we, uh, we, we made our way in now, mind you, the cemetery is on the border of a Troy country club where there's a road, that if you were to take a left past the cemetery, it takes you up into the back, and this place is massive. And we actually traversed our way into the backside of the cemetery to come in. Now, there's been there were several rumors uh, about you know certain hot spots in the cemetery. Now, mind you, my friends and I just went there for the experience. Nothing, no more, nothing less. We brought a couple. Uh, we brought uh, I think about a six pack of beer. You know, back then that wasn't a big deal, but you know, have a couple, whatever. So we went in and one of the sites that stood out to us and, you know, to be honest with you, Nick, it was a scary thing just to see it from the outside was this, this mausoleum. Okay. So this mausoleum was one of the stories that my sister had told me. And this thing has been, I don't know, from what I've heard has been annihilated several times. And what I mean by annihilated, the building was standing and then for whatever odd reasons, it was fall down and they could never explain it. And there's stories that kind of match this lore, whatever the case may be. So we actually made our way to this mausoleum, which you can't see from the road from the main gates, but you can't really see the inner workings of it. So don't I'm mind actually, you, we're, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say, I'm actually looking at pictures of it right now. Yep. Um, And yeah, this is a, this it's an incredible structure. Definitely real, real, uh, yeah. It's it's not what you would think. It's almost like, or I'm thinking maybe this isn't the mausoleum. Maybe this is something else in the cemetery, but it looks just like a, a, a hollowed out building. So that's the interesting story about it. That is actually the building we're talking about here. Um, what happened was that was actually where they stored the bodies in the wintertime. Right. So that structure actually had a lot more to the building before it fell down. I don't know how many times. And my sister, one of the stories she told me, 
is they used to go into the mausoleum when the bodies were actually being stored. And I don't know what year that was. My sister's significantly older than me. Uh, but she went in there. They, they stuck their hands supposedly into the actual caskets as like kind of like a dare kind of game to see, you know, who could do it without getting scared. And she she swears to me that some weird thing happened to one of her friends where, where something actually grabbed her arm when she was in the building. So needless to say, we we see, excuse me, the the kind of the, the remnants of what that building used to be. And again, the story still stood as being this whole um, that had been knocked down several times for unknown reasons, blah, blah, blah. So we just kind of we excuse me, we notated it. You know, hey, we saw this cool. So let's go keep, keep it moving. So we made our way up to this other major hotspot that everybody was saying all these stories about. And one of them is this, this one, um, one of the statues, which is missing a head and arms, supposedly like it, it, it glows blood or bleeds. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the statues up in the upper half, which is fairly off to the left from the road. Um, again, you can still kind of see it, but it's definitely overgrown. And then there's another statue that's actually headless as well that apparently makes noises or you actually actually can see these um, like eyes in the woods, kind of like this head moving around from the headless, quote unquote, statue. So, you know, we made our way up there and we were hanging out and just hanging out. We decided to make a fire. So I, I, I can't really, you know, the time is weird. And that's actually part of my story that makes it more interesting is, is that. We got up there, we made like this fire because there was a fire pit that was there from people that had previously been hanging up there, whatever the case may be. Now, I wanted to kind of backtrack for one second back to the mausoleum. In the mausoleum, you see all these really odd symbols being painted on the wall. So you'll see like Satanistic uh, pentagrams, all sorts of really creepy stuff. Oh, I bet. And we didn't play... We didn't play much mind into it, but that that leads me to believe that there were some rituals that were going on there with you know without the the permission of the 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 Troy uh, Troy City there. But anyway, so we move our go back up. Fast forward to what we're talking about up at this this hot spot where these these two statues are, and we're just hanging out. Now the story is kind of boring to this point because we're not really doing much. We're hanging out. We cracked open the beer, started drinking, and just kind of sat by this fire. So, needless to say, we got a little, I'd say, slightly buzzed. Nothing grandiose to the extreme where we couldn't think straight. You know, I've had a beer or two before that. It wasn't a big deal. And But the thing we put together, which was odd, there was nobody else there. Now, this was supposed to be this big party-like time. Like, Halloween, place was usually mobbed with people. Cops kind of watched it, didn't at that time, back in the, the 90s. And it wasn't a huge issue for people to be caught up in there and asked to leave or whatever and it wasn't like they were handing out tickets back then obviously now different so we thought it was weird we're like where the hell is everybody where's all the party where are all the troy people you know all that crap so we we just decided we were getting kind of bored and uh didn't know really what to do with ourselves because we really weren't getting any activity so we decided to to go for a walk now, my my one friend, we'll call him Brian, um, which he's a focal point of the story. Um, he decided to go, you know, off to the side to go to the bathroom. He went to urinate and, you know, we all had to, we'll say, empty ourselves at that point. 
So, you know, I, I went and did my thing and I happened to look over and he was kind of like, he said he couldn't see where he was and he couldn't make his way out of the woods. So I, we have flashlights at the time and we're talking just good old battery Duracell batteries, nothing or no battery flashlights, nothing huge to write home about, but they definitely showed some light. I flashed it over at him and so did my other friend that was with us, Adam, where he was in the woods and the jerk off was pissing on an actual tombstone. Oh no. <laughs> so <laughs> bad vibes, man. Like, let me, let me tell you right there, bad vibes. We were just like that. That ain't good. You know, yeah. and obviously it wasn't intentional, Nick. It wasn't like he was looking for the stone to pee on kind of right. thing. So, uh, so we said, all right, you know, kind of bad juju went about our business, you know, and just started to kind of get yet again bored. And we said, you know, son, why don't we go take a walk? So we had the flashlights and we knew where we came into the cemetery, there was this huge, we'll say massive road that was on the outskirts of the cemetery, kind of outlined the cemetery where it meets this Troy, uh, Troy Road that goes up to the uh, the country club. So we we decided to start to walk this thing. Now, was it the brightest idea at like 1130, quarter to 12 at night? Probably not. But we did it anyway, dumb kids, whatever. So we start walking and, and it was interesting because when we started walking, it, it seemed like the, 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 the trees themselves and everything around us just was endless. It was like, it didn't even, it just seemed like it got thicker and thicker as we walked further into this cemetery. <laughs> now the hope was we decided we did this thing where we looked at a map of the cemetery before we went in we were intelligent kids at the time. And, you know, it, it showed that this road would go all the way around to the other side of the cemetery and you could walk out to the main road. So we're walking this thing and I'm I'm looking at this this guy, Brian, and I'm saying, where the hell is the end of this thing? I feel like we've been walk, walking forever. So the other gentleman that was with us, he said the same thing. He's like, I'm getting tired. This is boring. Let's get the hell out of here. And then without his pause there was this really weird gust of wind that hit us. And I don't really know how to describe it any more than it felt like somebody touched us. And it wasn't just me. It was all three of us. So all together, the temperature in the area changed like drastically, like really strange to the point. I can't, I, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about the feeling I had at that moment. I didn't feel right. Something was just there present. And, you know, and again, as I've gotten older, I've, I've, I've learned about a lot of different things and, you know, the world isn't what we think it is all the time. So I do enough of my due diligence now to know that there's more to things than what we see. We stood there for a minute and we're trying to like calibrate ourselves and just say, all right, that's just the weather is changing. Now, at this point in time, we could see the moon. Now, the moon was fully lit, like a full moon. Go figure. We had to the ambiance here. There's a full moon sitting over the top of our heads. As we kept walking. This this temperature started getting colder and colder. And behind us, we started noticing like this weird, odd fog. Okay, started creeping up on us from behind. And it's like this is like right out of a horror movie. Right. And we didn't really know what to do at this point. We're like, okay, well, you know, we're just gonna have to keep on walking. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, there was this god awful like screech and i don't mean like a a cat like a, a loud noise or a baby cry it sounded like a nails on a chalkboard through a megaphone yeah 
we stopped in our tracks. Like, what the hell was that? Now, during this time, we started hearing these noises in the woods around us. Now, this is all going at once. Your senses are on heightened alert. At this point in time, I wouldn't even categorize this even having a buzz on because we had literally dropped the beer at that point and we were just focused on trying to get the hell out of there. <laughs> we kept on hearing these rustling in the woods, like branches snapping and it and Nick, it got louder and louder. And it got to the point where the temperature was so frigging cold and that fog that was behind us, it was like it was it was encapsulating us, like surrounding us. Now I panicked. And we started, listen, I'm ready to get the hell out of here, guys. I don't know about you, but let's start booking. We started running. Now, running really didn't do much good. It just, we were still running and we weren't going anywhere. And then the weird thing is, is that the other gentleman that was with us, not Brian, he's like, let's turn let's turn back. Maybe we're lost. We went to turn around, Nick. The, the, the path was gone. Like there was no path. The path that was quote unquote there before where we had just came from and ran was gone. Now, I, I, I'm a therapist. I work with people. I, I know how interest, interesting the psyche can be when things are off, how we can make things happen when you least expect it. It can manifest things, right? I don't know what was going on then, but this was definitely not in our heads. We didn't really know what the hell to do. We started panicking. Brian started crying. I started getting to the point where I was about to cry, and I felt this feeling of dread all over me. And our other friend that was with us was starting to get to that point, too. So we finally, we felt like we were lost. We didn't know what to do. And this is all still going on around us. The rustling of the leaves, the branches cracking. And then we heard that fucking sound again. That nails on a chalkboard through this like megaphone but this time it was closer and we all felt like something was trying to get up on top of us something like was trying to get us and i don't know how else to describe it but that we finally made the point and agreed we looked at each other and we're like we're just gonna jet go as hard as we can until we can get the hell out of here we kept running we kept running we stayed together and then my one buddy he caught himself now on this uh i would say it was an old um like a barbed wire kind of thing that was in there because there was some farmland in that area at one point in time. So he caught his legs on and he fell. So I picked them up. We brushed them off. We're still panicking. I'm at a point now I'm at, I'm in tears. Cause I'm like, I want to get the fuck out of here. I don't want to deal with this. And I apologize for my language for the, the podcast. Um, but it, it's just how I felt at that point in time. We finally got up. I got, we got the wire off his legs and, uh, we looked over to our left. Now, looking over our shoulder, we saw what looked like the road, okay? Like the, the road that I told you was supposed to come out on the other side of, of the cemetery. Do you remember me mentioning that? Yep. So we saw these, we saw streetlights. And we're like, hallelujah. Thank God. So we picked each other up, got each other brushed off. And while this is all going on, we started darting towards the, the road in the quote-unquote light. We get close to the road, and what we think is the road, and I stop. 
instantly because something didn't seem right. And then my other friend that was with us, not Brian, he was up ahead of us. He was bolting. So he was running faster than both of us. I stopped my friend that was next to me and I said, stop. Don't go any friggin' further. And I'm yelling to Brian, stop, stop. That's not the road. That's not the light. He puts the pumps to brakes and he falls on his ass and his feet slid out from underneath him. And we're just staring at this thing. Now, the best way I can describe it. Now, you've heard stories about orbs, Nick, before. Have you ever heard those like orbs yeah. floating around? Yep. So this was literally like right out of a fairy tale, like like Tinkerbell, like an orb moving from side to side. Okay. And it was coming towards us. Like swaying? No, it was swaying, literally. Down the middle of this trail in front of us. Now, the trail was illuminated. This light was bright. It illuminated the entire trail. We could see what was behind it. Couldn't see anything holding it, though. And then we could see what was behind us, which all of a sudden, this trail started to materialize around us. Like, it's been there the whole friggin' time. We inch back. I start pulling back whatever this is. And I don't know what the hell to call it at that point. I don't even know if I know what the hell to call it now. So our friend Brian, who is in front of us, he stands up. Now, I would call him about maybe six to eight feet away from this thing swaying back and forth, this orb just moving. And again, I've seen orbs. Never seen anything like this in my life. And I mean, I would say I've seen orbs later in life as I've gotten older. I've never seen anything like this ever again. This thing was moving with a purpose. It was like it was doing something. And it got to a point where it was literally in front of Brian's face. And Brian was like entranced. He didn't. We kept yelling, move, dude, move, get the hell out of the way. And as soon as we started speaking this thing came the light itself nick went right through his head Ooh. like right through his face and out the back side of his head now my friend and myself we backed up on the side of the trail like I'm, we're gonna part the seas here and let whatever this thing is go. so we watch it and i I thought I saw something holding like this orb. I thought it was something like I, I really thought it was like, it was like a, a thing. Like it looked like there was a silhouette there, but you couldn't put it together. What the hell it was and everything, the fog, the temperature, everything started to, to dissipate. It was going away as this light was present in front of us. Needless to say, we let this thing go by and do whatever the hell it was doing. And we, I would say maybe two minutes passed while we were just sitting there in shock. Now, again, I go back to Brian. He was staring forward. He hadn't moved since this whole interaction with this thing happened as it passed through his head as we saw it. I got my attention, my friend across the way from me. I said, we got to get going. Let's get the frig out of here now. And we jumped up onto brian we started shaking him he was like in a trance and we're like dude we gotta get the hell out of here and he came out of whatever the hell he was in and then actually we could see the road which was about maybe 15 yards away from where the hell we were standing and we bolted out of the place 
we got outside the cemetery and that was part one of this. That's part one. There's more to this. Keep a little bit further. There's some story to it. A little aftermath. Oh my God. So we get out to the road. We're all fucked up, man. And I'm sorry. I keep on using the F bomb. Nope, I apologize. Um, nope. We got out to the road and we were so panic stricken. One of the neighbors actually came out that lives across the street at the cemetery and God bless her soul. She was an older woman. And she's like, what are you kids doing over there? You know, it's, you know, what, what, what time of the day it is. And I'm, we're like, we know we're, we're all right. We played it off. Like nothing happened. And she's like, you shouldn't be in there at this time of night. And I go, what are you talking about? She goes, I go, everybody comes here and parties on Halloween. She goes, son, it's not Halloween. It's Hollow's Eve. <laughs> I said, what? Now, I don't know how we got our days mixed up or what the hell it was, but maybe you know, maybe you don't. There's a big difference between Halloween and Hollow's Eve. Oh, yeah. So now we asked her what time it was, and she's like, she can't. She actually brought us up onto her porch, and she said it was just 12 o'clock. Just 12. Time stood still while we were going through whatever the hell we were going through. And it literally either that or it went real slow. But it sure as hell seemed like we were in there for like four hours while this thing was all going down. Called my my sister to come pick us up because she was the only one I could trust that was going to rat me out to my mother and father about us going there. So all my friends were like, do we stick together tonight? Do we go home to our families, whatever, home to our houses? And we're all like, now nah, we're just going to come and stay at your house. And I was like, that's fine. No problem. So we all stayed at my house. We crashed at uh, my, in my, my place there. And uh, my mother was, you know, the next day, like, you know, you guys are right. You know, my sister, of course, still ratted me out, which sucks, but didn't get a real <laughs> lot of trouble. It just kind of happened that way. So we wake up and I, uh, you know, prior to that conversation with my mom, my friend Brian, the one that had that incident, we didn't talk about it, man. I mean, we woke up and we were kind of like, we're just going to brush this off. So he comes out, I hear the bathroom and I hear the toilet flush because I had a bathroom attached to my room. And he came out and, he, and I, I look at him, I'm like, what the fuck is on your face? He says, what are you talking about? I said, dude, come here. We went into the mirror. And you could see a perfect small circle on the front of his face and a, a bigger one on the back of his head. Like it was like a burn mark, like a suntan, like a sunburn on oh, those yeah. two spots. So. And that would coincide with it where this quote unquote thing passed through him. Like, holy shit. So. We couldn't leave the sleeping dog lie on this. I mean, we just were really infatuated with this whole thing after it was all said and done. And we decided to pursue some history on this. Now, people in Troy are very hush about the the cemetery itself. If you talk about it as Pinewood, people shut you down. Forest Park, people are more willing to talk to you, but still limited. They're a little cryptic about the information. I mean, in all honesty, the older woman we spoke to after the fact, the one that did help us, we actually went back and thanked her, uh, was a little bit more forthcoming about the things that she has seen over the years being living across that place, which is a lot. 
she's told us some really crazy stories. And again, you don't necessarily believe it. You just, you hear what they have to say and you go with it. Right. So, so she had said, you know, why don't you, because we explained to her, we told her our story, what happened. And she's like, you know, I heard something about that. And there's a historian that there's uh, at the library. So we went to this, the Detroit library and everything has changed since then. They have, everything is either, I don't know, part of it was destroyed uh, and some of it, like some of the old newspaper clippings, those old reels that you could flip through the reels for articles, the black and white ones. Uh, and some of it's all gone digital. I don't know if this record still exists or not, but we were down in the basement and we were talking to this historian there. And first of all, she kind of scolded us like, what the hell were you doing there in the first place? And I was like, well, everybody goes there. She's like, yeah, you're not everybody there. Things happen to people there when you least expect it. And you weren't there with a bunch of people. We were there with just three of you. So she's like, well, she puts us in this room and we're looking at all this data, um, the old newspapers and whatnot. And we're down there for hours, just skewering everything we could find to, that had anything to do with that cemetery. So we're kind of at the point of giving up and we're like, we don't really, we're not finding anything. I mean, nothing's really explaining what the hell happened to us. And then all of a sudden we came across this article, which was really really small and the article was about a caretaker now this is back in the 1800s nick this is back back and i don't even know if this this paper still exists or they still even have these archives anymore but we found this article and it was small about a gentleman that was in the the cemetery that took care of the grounds there and he had a really awful accident i guess he fell into some sort of open grave and he ended up dying uh, in the cemetery. Now, with that said, there was a caption that really struck all three of us like it was like a it was like a fork through the heart kind of situation. He was well known for supposedly. Now, mind you, this is what we read, and I made sure my sister read it too to make sure we weren't friggin' nuts. He was well known and also known in the community as somebody that would go into the cemetery at night and lead people out that got lost. Huh. Yeah. So that's go ahead, man. I was just saying that that's weird. I was not expecting that. I don't know if that's what it was. I don't know if that's what happened. All I do know is there was something after us. Mm. Now, I don't know if, as I mentioned, it was it's still vivid to this day. I tell my wife the story. And the way I even animated about it, the way my my eyes get big, you know, this is this was real to us. And I, I can't something about knowing that way, the way the events went down, when we felt that this this energy around us, this evil negativity, this darkness, it dissipated when this light showed up. I don't know if there's such a thing as a good spirit, but that saved that thing saved our lives that night. I think. Right. So you do. Do you think he was protecting you? You know. Yeah, that's that's the commonality that we all to this day we still talk about it from time to time when we see each other. And you know, have you had any more occurrences? Like, and I say occurrences, any thoughts that come up after? Because I had some nightmares for a while when I was a kid. After the nightmares, more about like just what the hell was that thing that was was there with us. And I mean, we did a lot of speculative kind of like research to see what the hell that place was, this whole 
you know, whatever gate of hell it is, seventh gate of hell, whatever. Is there any truth to it? And there's a lot of falsehoods that have been put out about the cemetery, but there is a really dark past with that place. Uh, the people that owned it, they, they didn't fare well. There was a lot of questions whether the place is on an Indian burial ground, which we don't know if there's any truth to it. There's a lot of things that are rumor mill kind of stuff. But our experience, and this is the first I've ever talked about it publicly, other than close family and friends. Um, but the the dynamic of it all encouraged myself later in life to get involved with supernatural investigation, which I was doing for a good couple years and involving myself with some of the bigger groups like TAPS and some of those people and and that that were in the field. And we actually went back and did a follow up investigation, which brought some things up too, which I'll leave for another day. Oh man. Yeah. So, but needless to say, that place is hot. Um, and it, it, it the, the, the hypersensitivity, I think it takes for certain people to feel what they feel there unless you ignore it. But I, to this day, when I drive by there, man, and I mean, after my second event that I, when I went back and I said, I would never go back after this. And I, I broke my promise and went back and it's odd because, you know, you know, they, that old cryptic thing that people say it happens in threes. Mm -hmm. I went back a couple times into the front gates, but I just couldn't bring myself to go in. Interesting enough, those the third time is when I went back. Like I went to the front gates the second time, didn't go in, refused to because I was with a bunch of friends. And I said, I'm not going in. I just showed them. It was kind of like a tour thing. You know, everybody they were new to the area and I just showed them what this what spot was. The third time was when I was under the professional guise of, you know, taps and actually having the professional equipment to EMP or EVPs, uh, using heat and thermal, things of that nature to actually see if we could pick something up. Um, and interestingly enough, there was some stuff we picked up and it was it was pretty strong and powerful. Whatever the hell is there is I don't know if you want to call it evil, but I sure as hell ain't going to call it good. Wow. This is, that's an incredible encounter. It's a, more than an encounter, it's a, a whole experience. Um, yeah. I definitely have some questions. I don't know if you want to get into that now. Oh, yeah, I'm ready, man. I'm ready. All right, perfect. Um, We'll bring it back to the beginning. Um, Do you think when he peed on the grave, do you think that had anything to do with it? Or is it that just something that happened? I don't know. See, that's the thing. Like, we were smooth sailing the entire night, man. Like, everything was good prior to that. And again, we weren't there that long. But, you know, you get that bad juju feeling or that bad, like, I don't know, like that that feeling of your constitution is being screwed with. I mean, if something didn't seem right after that, but that also could be a psychological. It could be a psychosomatic response to it. I don't know. Right. Do I think it played a role? Maybe, but I can't def de definitely say that that definitely caused the outcome that we were in. Right. I mean, in my experience, if if everything was fine up until that point, and then things started going south from there, I would I would say that it definitely played a role. Well, and that's the thing is when you provoke in the the professional field, which you sound like you're you're pretty savvy and understanding it, when you provoke the spirits the entities, whatever you want to call it, or depending on what that may be, even a demon, 
Um, when you provoke it, things happen sometimes. Uh, but I, I mean, I don't know if it was, uh, it obviously wasn't an intentional provoke, but it sure as hell sounds like no, no pun intended, pissed somebody off. <laughs> the screeching sound was that you, I'm trying to remember back here. So you, you were, uh, running through the woods trying to get out of there. Yep. And then the screeching sound was before the fog. The no, it was it was during the time. So it happened twice that from my recollection, we had an initial screech. And again, I can't. That's the best way I can describe it is nails on a chalkboard through a megaphone. And it happened at a distance in the beginning when all of the, the cold temperature started coming in, the fog started creeping in on us on the trail. It happened during that time while the the actual all of a sudden the, the rustling of the leaves the the ground and all of the the cracking of the sticks that was the initial when things started feeling off that screech hit us a second time when we were booking trying to get the hell out of there and that's when that it sounded like it was right next to us like right in the same vicinity as us not at a distance right did it sound organic or did it sound like artificial it didn't sound or it didn't sound earthly man no, I'm, I'm, I thought you could see me right now. I was bite, I'm biting my nails just even trying to remember the feeling. <laughs> it went, it went right through my my soul, man. Like if you believe in such a thing as having a human savage soul, which I do believe, I felt it down to my soul. And my all my friends, the two friends that were with me, felt the same way. Like it touched a nerve that guess, was not of this world. Right. I guess what I'm trying to get at is it did it sound like it came from something, or did it sound like um like a like a vocal? So if I was to like, and I appreciate your approach to this is a little bit of trying to debunk a bit. Um, well, not even that. I, I, I'm this, this is very interesting. I'm trying to figure out. I, I want to know is this the the sound of a of a you know a creature? I'll just call it a creature for now. Making is this the vocals of a creature, or is this like is this the sound of you know the paranormal realm opening? and letting something through i don't know well i gotta say it definitely was no animal i've ever heard and to this day you know searching out that noise and my you know the subconscious is funny right it stores all this information memories what have you and subconsciously when i hear animal noises or even mechanical noises that could simulate something that's even eerily close to what that was i can't put it together what it actually is yeah, and, right. and okay. that and that would lead me to believe this kind of like it, it was it was definitely not organic i'll say that much but it sure as hell was not mechanical either no it was no. something that was not maybe and this is the best way i could describe it meant for human ears to hear hmm. right i know i don't know how how you know deep you get you've gotten into the paranormal or weird stuff altogether. But uh talk of portals is like um pretty popular nowadays. And it seems like um they they emit this this metallic screech. I don't know, this weird, you know, it's definitely a mechanical 
and it definitely is is metallic in some way supposedly mm. and when they open um i don't know i was just i was just curious if this was the sound of something opening or if this was the sound of like some some sort of i don't know uh demonic entity or, or creature you know coming after you well it's interesting you say that because i've been out of the the paranormal game for a long time at least 12 years or so give or take um and I'm not one of those kind of people that it's a pushover. I was a bouncer for 15 years, so I've seen a lot uh, when it comes to my professional life before I became a therapist. And I've never won to shy away from something that, you know, we'll say typically scares the masses. But it sounds, I mean, if that's the new possible research that people have been doing, have noted that they're is the possibility that that is a noise of another multi uh, we'll call it the multiverse of some sort of dimensional yeah. opening of a creature or a thing i mean it coincides with the idea that as that soon as that no first noise came in things started to happen right yeah i mean during, during my experience another thing that really kind of freaked me out was this whole um the path disappearing now when when you said it disappeared um was it because the fog had covered it or was it just gone it was gone dude like the fog was enough to see through it it wasn't like there wasn't enough to the point where you know like somebody throws a vape cloud in your face i mean you could see through that it was kind of a very subtle cloud enough to where it was like freaking watching a, a horror flick where you see, you know, like the eerie ground, the fog, whatever, but the path was gone. Like it like it was like the 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 whole forest swallowed us up. Like we were it felt like and in, into interestingly enough, we also had thought this idea that now it's inconclusive whether this is accurate or not, because this is all speculation, but we thought we might have been moved somewhere, like a different plane of existence at that point. It was an odd feeling to even think when we were talking about this maybe 15 years ago when we ran into each other, uh, actually one of the friends, and we were talking about it. And it was like, were we actually in the cemetery at that time or were we moved somewhere else during this whole whatever? That's what it seems like. I mean, from what I hear, it it, oh, it seems like you're just so uh, what if the path was gone? What was there? Was it just woods? It was just ground and woods, man. It was just like a. You ever seen like a, I don't know, when you, when you, if you were to, to go into the woods, let's say you're surrounded by a bunch of trees and you just, you know, spun around in circles. Okay. But you didn't move. You just spun around in circles. That's how it felt. No matter how much we moved, we were just like, it was the same damn tree, the same trees, the same bushes, the whole thing. There was nothing changing. No matter how far we ran and moved. It was like like the nothing was changing. Like I don't know how to describe it any more than that. It was just like nothing was changing. There was no path. There was no beat. There was no before. There was no after. Oh man! And I mean, and this kind of leads me to this. You know, some of this idea that we we also did a little research on this too, just a little bit, because we don't. When I was with this this these uh, paranormal group, we really didn't like to lead into the the, the um what is it the uh some of the lore that people have come up with over the time. Uh, we kind of want to do our own investigation, but there's something to this idea of this quote unquote gateway that keeps kept on coming up with people. Right. I mean, it, 
there's probably a reason why, you know, um, it, it got that name. Mm -hmm. I so, agree. So the pathway is behind you is gone. What was in front of you? Was it the same? Was it just woods? Like the path just, in front of you was gone too? It was like, it was like a wall of trees. Wall of trees. And, and then, the like I said, was, the light was just coming through the trees. As we were running through the woods and we were stumbling, trying to get through, and we kept up with each other. We had the flashlights. We were staying close to each other as we were trying to run from this whatever. And remember, this is all during this time when this the temperature had dropped to the point where you could see your breath. Mm. So this was going on. The temperature was the first initial, we'll call, symptom of the situation that manifested first was the change in the temperature. And that was consistent through the whole damn thing until when we started looking and we all yelled, there's the road, there's the road, because we saw what looked like a road and a street light. But the way it came, it was like, it came, Nick, it looked like it came down from the top of the damn tree where a road light would be, one of the old school ones, came down and then it was at ground level. And again, that's swaying and moving towards us. Right. But again, we were in such shock. We had just came out of this quote unquote, whatever trance we were in or the circumstance. And I promise you, we weren't taking LSD or trick taking mushrooms at the time. This was all natural. <laughs> uh, they, the, the, the actual path itself materialized, man. Like it was in front of us all of a sudden with this light presence. And I, my, I told my mother the story. She's a very religious person. And she said, something saved you that night. Something brought you out of wherever the hell you were. Though she was pissed off after I told her story about it. Like, she's like, you're never going back there ever again. And I'm like, no shit. Uh, but there was something to like, whatever was, uh, you know, like you think about like Dungeons and Dragons and I'm a, a big nerd when it comes down to video games and playing RPGs at the end of the day. Um, you know, you hear about wards, you know, like uh, things that ward off evil or whatever the case may be. And it just, yep, that kind of, that sentiment behind whatever this thing was reminds me of something that's warding, excuse me, was warding off evil. And it was so powerful that my friend, the, the one I mentioned, and we've gone with the name Brian, it was so powerful that it actually left a sunburn on right. perfect circle on the front of his face and on the back of his head. Yeah. And that that's interesting too. It's leaving a physical mark behind. Yeah. Um, and you don't hear about those occurrences too often in the paranormal activity where I've never actually heard of them before. Yeah, it, there's been a couple of cases we did upstate New York where there was actual like scar, like scratches and scars on people from the entity that was in their home. Yeah, uh, I've heard of I, that. I, yeah, but I've never seen anything like this in my my time doing this. I never even I've heard of random things, but not to the extent of something of this nature. Yeah, no, I've never I've definitely never heard of of orbs leaving, you know, some sort of of burn you know physical mark on someone that they've passed through you know yeah neither have i man and that was one of the things that we were i mean in the thing that was out it was like a sunburn it went away in like a couple days literally like if you were out if somebody put uh i don't know if they covered your entire head with spf 30 and they left a circle just open that's all it was it was just a red circular burn and then a bigger one on the back of his head. Hmm. 
and it, it was gone in a couple of days because he actually went to his doctor to see what it was and he's like it's just a skin irritation but i don't know man seems more than a skin irritation right um i don't, I don't know how big you are into speculating <laughs> um but i i love to speculate and um this this is an incredible story i just want to i oh man i don't even know because it, it's it it really is like something you know it 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 pulled all the energy out of the air you know it chilled the air way down and it, it almost like pulled you into you know through the gates of hell you know whatever you want to call it this cemetery really has some sort of of gateway there some sort of portal i mean it's the same thing gate you know gateway portal it's the same same deal pulled you somewhere um quite possibly not even on this realm you know on this earth it's not like you were lost in the in the woods you know behind the 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 cemetery and this thing, you know, this this um, attendant grave. I, what did you call him? He was a caretaker. Yeah, the caretaker guy. He uh, he led you back out. Well, you know, and I'm I, I'd like to speculate too, and I I think something really odd that something I really don't talk too much about, but it's something I don't mind sharing uh, in this the podcast here is that. I changed too after that experience. Um, and what I mean by changed is I've, I do what I do for a living now for a reason, because I love people and I love helping them figure things out. And I'm very uh, passionate about my work. And after that, ex prior to that experience, I was never like that kind of kid. You know, I always wanted to be the typical fireman, Navy SEAL, mm. you know, something like a hero, whatever you want to call it. And after that experience, now mind you, I deviated from this path a bit because I still kind of wanted to experience the world and life. And I kind of lived on the edge for quite a few years. Uh, but there was a part of me after that incident that I felt things that I never felt before, which would be people. Uh, and I know that sounds odd, but and this is going to sound strange to some, it may tell their people they get it, that when we talk about paranormal, we might as well talk about people's gifts. And something happened to me during that time where I, I feel people, man, like when I work with people and I'm empathic by nature and for whatever reason or another, since that, that circumstance and that incident, I can remember to this day, I like my, I became in tune with people. Now I'm not perfect at my job by any means, but I, I feel like I'm pretty damn good and I have a good reputation for what I do with people in general. And something changed in me. And I don't know if it was just the experience itself. I don't know if it's psychosomatic. Um, is it just coincidence? Is it just life? You know, I don't know. But that day changed me to a point where one of my passions and one of the things that I do well is reading people and feeling their emotions in that moment. Hmm. Yeah, I was going to actually ask if this experience, you know, made you want to I, I don't really want to say made you but you know made you want to become a counselor it it really is an odd thing the world and how 
unexpected occurrences happen and we we can either ignore them or do we we embrace them and no mind you i ignored mine for a long time because i kind of how do i say this uh substituted that feeling of connection with people with researching the paranormal like doing the actual legwork and being involved in the very detail-oriented debunking and understanding of whatever that entity or thing is wanting but it wasn't really what I felt like was my true calling because I clearly got out of it. It wasn't something that I, I pursued much further after, you know, after my uh, my late 20s. Um, but, you know, it's an interesting dynamic that all along I had this just weird, and I say weird lightly, this, this, this gift since that experience where I would walk into a room and I could still do it to this day, clearly where I can feel people's emotions. It wasn't like that before. Right. I mean, and again, it could have been, it could be coincidental. It could be, it could be a complete and other sublimation of the situation. I don't know. Hold on one second. Sorry. My kids at the door banging on it. I don't want to, I don't want it to get in on the recording. All right. He ran away. Um, Sorry. I totally interrupted you there. No, no, you're good. I just, like I said, I don't want to uh, surmise surmise anything that um, would lead me to believe that this is the truth, that that occurrence, that that situation woke up this innate ability in me. I don't know. But I'll yeah. tell you one thing. I've My view on the, the supernatural in the world changed drastically that night. And um, I do not believe at all when people say that, that that's that, that's a can't. That's a not. I say, how do you know? Right. How the hell do you truly know? Yeah, I mean, that's the big question. And, and I don't know if it's something that we can answer, but I, I sure as hell will never shut down my mind, let alone my soul, on the inquisitive nature that I have to say, well, what if? Right. I mean, I think one day we'll we'll be able to answer it. Maybe. Hopefully we evolve enough, my friend, to get to that <laughs> point where we accept these things instead of trying to, to bury them deep inside of us. But I know I have, and I'm not afraid to talk about it. I call myself a complicated Christian for a reason, because I don't believe what the what's written in the Bible per se, other than it's some good stories of morals and ethics. But there is a connection with this thing, I call it God for comfort, that's beyond our understanding and God could be a multitude of different things. And that experience in itself, when I was a kid reflected enough to say it ain't everything you think it is. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I sounds like I'm exactly where you are. Yeah, man. And I like to learn. I like to know. I mean, I love to, to find other people's recants and connections with them to, to understand, I mean, you're doing exactly what I wanted to do years ago was interviewing people and talking to them about this stuff. And it's an amazing thing. And I, I, uh, I commend you for the, the, the purpose of your show for being able to do that. Yeah, no, I mean, I haven't, this is, this is, um, you have a really good encounter here, a really good experience. I, I don't. I'm home. I don't want to say I'm speechless, but it, this, I don't even know what I would have done if if this 
would have happened to me. Um, like I've experienced some stuff, but something like this is is incredible. And I don't. I mean, I I I don't doubt it for a minute. I mean, though you you seem really sincere. Like this this is something that really left its mark on you. And I I have no doubt that something really strange happened that night. Well, and that's the thing, man, is perceptions, everything. And again, you know, how I perceived what happened versus somebody else being in my shoes at that time could be completely different. And I don't want to sit here and by, by any means take away from the validity of the conversation, but I sure as hell know what I what I felt and what I saw that night and what my eyes told me they saw that night. You know what I mean? It's just the... And your friends, I mean, you weren't the only one there. And that's the thing, man. Like, it wasn't like a fluke where all three of us just by chance had this one trippy friggin' dream. You know, it was an experience we all shared and we still talk to when we run into each other. Now, mind you, we're all busy and we have our lives. But on that rare occasion that we connect with each other, I actually ran into, it's funny, I ran into his brother, one of the brothers, the younger brother about it. He says to this day, he still talks about it. He still brings it up once in a while. And I said, yeah, man, that's something that's ingrained in our soul for the rest of our lives. Um, but that's the thing, too, is is that I it, there's an old saying. I always go by this idea um, just because of what I do for a living, but also because I've been a, a guy that's been on the work the streets for a long time, being a bouncer and been around the area for years. Is I go by that saying, I believe nothing of what I hear and half of what I see. But if you put it in front of me and I can experience it, I'll share my story and maybe somebody else will pick up on it. Yeah. Thanks for, it's definitely worth getting you on here to talk about it. Well, I appreciate you having the time for me, man. It's been, uh, it's an interesting experience to just even talk about it all over again. My wife was completely taken back by the fact that I was even willing to talk about it. She's like, <laughs> you're actually going to talk about that? I'm like, yeah. You got to do it. I saw this thing. I was like, it's got to be divine intervention or something. Cause he hidden your, and I said, Nick popped up on my thing on, um, on the, uh, the, the Bennington scanner group. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I sent him a message, you know, it was just, the timing was odd how it all worked out, but I don't know. I think it's just, uh, and at the end of the day, I think it's something that regardless of whether people believe my story or any stories like it, it's, it's about being enlightened. And knowing that there's a whole lot more going on out there than we actually think is actually going on. Because science is sub subject to, to question every day, right? So right. it's one of those things where you got to gather as much information as you can. And if you can take other people's experiences and use it as a wealth of knowledge to say, hey, let's compare and contrast and see where this goes. All right. I got something I want to talk about really, really quick. Um, yeah, sure. Thank you, man. This, this, is, this is crazy. Oh. It's gonna, it won't let me look at it. Hold on. This is very, this is crazy. Have you ever heard of missing 411? No. What is that? No. It, uh, um, so it's like this, this, uh, he's a dude named David Polites. He's a former, uh, police officer and he, he kind of like takes all these missing people from national forests and, and, um, uh, national parks and he kind of put put them in a database you know these people have gone missing under mysterious circumstances not just people who who you know may i don't know he's he's got a whole criteria 
right? Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. He's like a dude that kind of hunts down people that are missing kind of deal. I think I've heard of it. Yeah, I mean, is that is that what you're talking about? I mean, on late lately, he's been doing a lot of TV stuff where they go and they'll you 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 might have seen him on TV. Uh, but yeah, he's got several books. Okay, kind of just makes it a list of all these people who've gone missing, right? Um, yeah, and. One of the most more popular stories, and this was actually what I was thinking about when I was talking about portals and metallic sounds. Um, so one of the more popular cases is of a hunter named Tom Messick. And this, this he, he, he's an older man. It was hunting season. He was with uh, three other guys. And they were, you know, out in the woods somewhere. And they sat him down, you know. He what you know he could barely move. He was handicapped. He could barely move. He was uh, he was like seventy seven years old or something like that. And you know his his son and these other guys they go out in the woods and they're gonna they're gonna like drive the deer towards him. And um, at some point during this hunt, one of the hunters who was close to where this Tom Messick guy was heard this strange screeching metallic sound. Right? Um, oh. Didn't know what it was. Um, and then they come to find that Tom Messick just vanished thin air. No one's ever found him to this day. He's what? never found. There's been no evidence of where he went. Um, they've done like, you know, investigations into him. He wasn't like killed by one. You know, these people didn't accidentally shoot him. Uh, he wasn't killed by, by these hunters on accident. He He's just gone. Right. Yeah. And this Tom Messick guy is from Troy, New York. He went missing in Troy. That's crazy. Wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, if that's, if that, I mean, it coincides in the nature of my story. And I imagine there's others that, that fall into this category. And people are, are interesting when it comes down to how much they, uh, they vary, right? When trauma occurs and, what I mean by that is, is how many people may be able to re have a, a, a recount of this experience happening to somebody or something similar to that. And they heard that same kind of noise and somebody went missing or there was something like that happening. And I met the, the, the mind's funny how it tries to protect itself from things it doesn't understand. I sure as hell know my mind went through a whole lot of phases trying to try to to translate what happened to me years ago it's still trying to do that and the mind is so interesting on how it can really take those emotions those feelings the actual experience and it can bury it real deep if you allow it to but you know i i would be interested to know especially this gentleman that had this experience you know obviously where the hell did he go and the simple fact is, is that are there other people that have had that noise and something very similar happen to them or and even a pet disappear out of, out of nowhere? You know, something like that in the woods. Hmm. I don't know, man. It's it's some um, it's it's giving me like that kind of the hair on the back of my neck raising up as you were just telling me the story about this gentleman. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly think you were. You know, and you even said that time seemed to stand still. It's almost like you were transported somewhere else i'm telling you <laughs> I, I i i would like to believe you because that was a conversation 
And I wouldn't say I'd like to believe you. I am I'm inclined to believe that that is a, a really high probability that something of that nature happened because we've discussed it till we're blowing the faces over the years. And, in, you know, and even as recent in modern technology and what people are able to, you know, talk about that they're the, the multiverse is a real thing, man. Like it mm. is whether oh, it's yeah. and, you know, and let's let's be real. Who is to say that the multiverse can't be a, a hell, like one of those those versions? Who the hell knows? Right. Um, so, and would that house, you know, things that are not of uh, delightful intent? I mean, maybe. Uh, it's it's just an interesting piece to step outside that realm of the the quote unquote norm and actually allowing your brain to exercise itself to thinking about what if. I mean, we've come so far as human beings as to really start to entertain. I mean, God, we're talking about UFO, UFOs is commonplace now is like aliens in the whole night, you know. <laughs> so whether that's a ruse, look over here, but don't look, look over here. I don't know. But there's a lot of information that leads me to believe that there's a lot more truth to it than they're playing off to be. Yeah. I mean. Definitely. I just there's got to there's there's got to be something to it, whatever it really is. Uh, there's just there's too much throughout the entire world, you know, going way back pre his even prehistory. It's just there's there's too much. People have they, they've talked about a spirit world in one way or, or another. Every culture and the whole you know everywhere it doesn't even matter where you are. There's there's something out there. I mean, and we just. We can't quite see it yet, but we're getting there. And some well, people... and that's the thing that's cool. Oh, sorry, man, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's fine. I was just gonna say, and some people somehow wind up there sometimes, you know. Well, I think that's also the some of this stuff that people are starting to experience with that's not so damn taboo anymore and it's like ayahuasca ayahuasca and you know people using micro dosing to kind mm -hmm. of establish a connection with the spiritual world and interestingly enough if you go back to our ancestors those were things that were commonplace yeah and that's you know i mean those are things that people did to you know calm their mind and their soul Yep. Who's to say that stuff isn't another way to step into another dimension to look at yourself from a different perspective? I right. mean, I mean, like even thinking about human beings and how long we've actually been here and how many times the reset buttons happened. I mean, that uh, if you ever get a chance to, uh, Graham, Graham Hancock, oh, yeah. um, is, oh, he's amazing. That dude is amazing. Yep. <laughs> and his whole idea about the, the the world and how many times it's been reset and like you know we've 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 had some technology here prior to us it might not be what we're looking at right now with you and i talking on this electronic device but there's been some stuff before right. us yeah and who, the, who the hell knows if they you know think about some of the projects i don't know if you've heard in some of your connections with people but they've called one of the um the ufo quote-unquote whatever projects it's called friggin stargate Yep. You know what I mean? Like that's some stuff right there. How the hell, you know, how do you say something's not there when you're, you're basically saying it's there. Right. You know that, you know, that show stranger things on Netflix, right? You've, oh I, yeah. 100%. You've seen yeah. it probably. I oh, mean, yeah, I love it. it is based off of 
actual i mean even the first season they they talked about it, that that was cia sanctioned research like they were totally into that for for 30 years you know or even more than that from the 50s you know up until the and 80s. that's the well and that's the thing that's cool about it is just how far you know how i mean the rabbit hole just seems endless uh, where all this stuff comes from and what like my experience alone was enough to you know have a capstone feeling on me that i want to know more i want to understand it it's not because i want to use it but the other problem with that is is that there's other people out there that do want to use it for nefarious reasons they right. want to use it for advantages and you know, I would have. I felt like at this time in our evolution as human beings, I thought we would have gotten to a point where we put the petty bullshit aside and start working on discovery and understanding. Uh, you know, what do they call it? Uh, the, I forget his name. The gentleman that does the he's a uh, super intelligent. His uh, he's an Asian dude, and he talks about the different phases of of, of civilization. He says we're on the cusp of reaching phase one of the human race. Um, Hirichio, I think it is, or something like that. He's a mathematician that that talks about string theory. I, I know who I know who you're talking about, but I don't know. I I forget what his name is. He, he's on TV quite often, I believe, right? Yes, he is. He's he's a very smart man. Uh, yeah. But you know, he's he's also about the idea that you know reality isn't linear, man. It's like it's like I I thought I saw, uh, the new what was it, the new um. Was it the Batman, the new one with Michael Keaton movie that they just yep. did with the new Batman? The perfect analogy they had in that movie was the freaking spaghetti noodles. It's literally spaghetti noodles. Everything we are in right now, the reality we're in, is just spaghetti noodles. They're all crossing into each other one way or the other. We don't know how, we don't know when, but they're right. all crossing into each other. Yeah, I mean, and they're figuring it out slowly. You know, people way high you know way higher than me obviously and you mm. know, like with those the hadron collider and all in cern and all that crazy stuff but you know that that's a that's a talk for another day people there's there's all sorts of crazy theories and oh yeah i mean we can sit here and talk about, about them but but yeah i mean we could, I, we I, could sit, nick we could sit here and talk for hours about like all this and like even the the Mandela effect, man. Like all the crazy that goes along with that. Oh yeah. Um, and speaking of that, just real quick, I definitely remember watching Shazam. Um, when I was a kid on the Disney Channel, I I just want to say that I want to put that out there. So it was <laughs> stupid, like the stupid movie that had this stupid. Uh, yeah. What's his name? Um. Simbad. I don't know if you remember Simbad. Yeah, it was Simbad. He's the, he's a comedian. He's one of my favorite old school comedians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was supposedly a movie that that he was in as a genie. And I swear to God, I remember watching that as a kid. But it's it doesn't. I I, I I watched it from my memory. I saw it. Right. Um, I mean, I don't know. I I they say it doesn't exist, but I I I swear I've seen it. Well, that's the thing is, is that the problem is, is that maybe it doesn't exist. But our memory says otherwise. It's weird. It's weird, weird. Like, like for example, another one that I got a that you know the fruit of the loom. You know the underwear. Yep. So the actual symbol of the fruit of the loom underwear. I don't know if you remember it, but my memory shows it's the fruit, and then there's that little basket thing in the background. That little little thing that like holds like it's the yep. one you see at Thanksgiving. 
Yeah. Well, apparently that doesn't exist. <laughs> that never happened. Or uh, we are the champions. We are the champions. And people say, well, that's the way the song ends. And so we are the champions. We are the champions of the world. That's, I've never heard that uh, one. Yeah, dude, that's another one. That's like it's a, one of the song lyrics. If you look it up, you're like, if you've ever heard this song, and I can't think it's, uh, I can't think of it's uh, who the hell that the band is off the top of my head, but it's Queen. We Are the Champions. We Are the Champ Queen. Thank you. And it's We Are the Champions. We Are the Champions. And then everybody's like, oh, that's the way it ends. No, it says of the world. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it, this is just some, it's just all of it's so cool. And <laughs> I, I think it's just naive to not think. That there isn't more going on. I love having these conversations, man. I think they're wonderful. Yeah, I mean, um, well, I definitely want to hear because you there's there's more to this story. You, you there is another. There is. A, it's not as uh, we'll say as extravagant, but the follow up is definitely we'll say interesting. And let's say when I went back the second time or the third time, I should say technically. Uh, I had some equipment with me that time, and I had some professionals with me, and we were able to to see some stuff. And uh, yeah, we definitely did some provoking. Let's say that much. And it was uh, if you were somebody for the 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 faint of heart, you wouldn't have lasted in this scenario. <laughs> well, I know I'm. I want to hear it. I I definitely know others are going to want to hear it. Um. And I'm definitely glad you made it back from wherever you were. I appreciate that, man. Led back by a mysterious figure. All day, I'm grateful for whatever the hell that thing was. Right. That man, that that's so crazy. Yeah, man. But yeah, I mean, I think that's it. Cool beans. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, I definitely want to hear more about this. Cool. I'd love to come back on, man. I had fun. I enjoy telling this story and I love talking about this stuff. It's a, it's an amazing thing. That's one of my other passions is about the unknown. I love talking about mm -hmm. it. So whether yeah. it's about the story or just having common banter about what we know about the world, I'd love to be back on the show again. Yeah, no problem. Well, 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 We'll do it. Cause I, I, I have to know. I now you know you mentioned it. <laughs> I have to know now. So <laughs> well, I don't want I don't want to disappoint you. I hope it's 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 not as like I said, it's not as extravagant as no, no, that's fine. Spirit. You yeah. know, that even if it's just one answer, that's or some something, something else. Because there, yeah, there was definitely something weird going on there. Um and whatever else we can figure out would be great. Awesome. You set it up, and I'll uh, well, I'll knock them down, man. You let All me right. know. Perfect. Awesome. It was really nice meeting you, man. Yeah. Thank. Thanks for coming on and and sharing your story. That was was really an um an incredible experience you had. Thanks, man. Glad uh, I got to share it with somebody that wasn't just a family member. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 Thank you for coming on. <laughs> cool. Um, I guess that's it for now. Yeah, I mean, we'll figure out part two. I don't, I don't know how soon you want to come on. Um, well, I'd like to recover from this stupid COVID since 
Right. It's the yeah. First, the first time I first time I've ever gotten it, so I'm on day ten and I'm still not feeling well. But I'm. Oh wow! I prefer you lasted, to be a little. Four years, man. Four years without getting it. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Well, I was also one of those people that really went full bore on the protection piece because I wasn't ready to catch this damn thing, and Shorzel didn't want to die from it. So. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it only lasts for so long, and here I am with four years worth of COVID all at once, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, we'll, we'll let you recover. That's fine. I, I all got, right, man. I got some other things anyway to take care of, but uh, I definitely want to have you back on. Excellent. So, I'd love to be back on, man. I enjoyed myself a lot, and I, I appreciate the banter. It's a good time. Yeah. All right. Cool. Sounds good. All right, man. I'll wait to hear from you. All right. See Thanks, ya. Nick. Bye bye. Bye. All right. That was Chad with his incredible encounter. I it's it I wouldn't even call it an encounter. Experience. Like man, I don't even know. I, I I said that I wouldn't be speechless, but I almost am speechless. I don't know what happened there. There's there was so much going on. It was almost like it was almost like something had transported them somewhere else. I don't know if it was somewhere on this realm, on this earth, or in a, a totally different realm. Um, and it was coming after them. It was gonna take them. But this this I don't know what you want to call it, guardian angel, or this um it was definitely some sort of guardian spirit at the very least led them. you know, back to um, terra firma. I don't know what you want to call it. Back to here. I mean, it, it, this, this, oh, I don't know. It, it, there's so much going on there. You know, I tried to get as much as I could from him. Um, but I just, I had so many questions. Like I, I, I think, I think I got the, the major, my major questions answered. Um, but the fact that this screeching sound was involved with what could quite possibly be some sort of time slip event slash, you know, being transported through a portal to, to some sort of strange spirit realm, you know, I, I will call it the Fey realm. That's, that, that's what I have begun to call this place. You know, some people call it, you know, the spirit world. Some people even call it, you know, like hell or heaven. It doesn't matter. I guess the only question I have left over is how how this guardian spirit um, was able to get there and get them out. That that and and maybe his answers. He says he says he's gone back and he got some sort of you know, made some sort of communication with something that was involved, it sounded like, right? At the very least. So, I don't know. Did he talk to the caretaker? Did he talk to the spirit uh, that took him? I don't know. So we're going to have him back on at some point. We're going to figure out. Okay, I don't want to say figure out because I don't know if we're going to be able to figure it out, but we're going to see if we can figure out how he got there, 
and how he got back. Um, and this whole Tom Messick missing four one one thing is also very interesting. You know, I think I said he disappeared from Troy. Uh, I know he was from Troy. Let's see, it says he vanished. Uh, Brant Lake. Now let's see how far Brant Lake is from Troy. About an hour. A little bit further away than I thought, but still, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that far away. Let's see if we can get a mileage here. 74 miles. And that that that's Troy. I just put Troy in. Um, however, so, but yeah. That was that was Chad and his incredible encounter and his incredible experience while at Forest Park Cemetery, also known as Pine Woods, in one of the nine gateways to hell. It definitely sounds almost canon. To me.